Hello, my name is Tim A, and you're listening to the Daily Reflection Podcast. You know, as we become stewards of Alcoholics Anonymous, as more time passes and we want to pass it along and make sure it's still there, I think it's important that Alcoholics Anonymous's reputation is a good one, and it, and it really should remain that way. And this this is, like you said, we can all become guardians of Alcoholics Anonymous, active guardians by you know, adhering to this tradition. Welcome to the Daily Reflection Podcast. My name is Michael Lynn from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And I'm Lee McGinnis from Leesburg, Virginia. As members of the recovery community, we created this podcast as a way to provide experience, strength, and hope through the lens of the Daily Reflection book. Each day, we interview members of the recovery community in the hope that their experience may provide inspiration. We value inclusion and diversity, and we really want to provide a platform for all the voices of recovery. We aren't affiliated with any 12-step or recovery program, but you may hear these mentioned throughout the course of an interview. Hey, before we get to the show, I'd like to ask a favor. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, it'd be great if you could leave us a comment or a rating. This is going to do a couple of things. It's going to help us expand our reach and improve the show. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Welcome to the show, everybody. Today is November 29th. And as usual, we have a guest in the studio, my good friend, Tim A. from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Tim, welcome back to the show. It's great to be here. Thanks so much for having me, Mike. We've got a good one for today. It's about the 11th tradition. Let's get right into it. Tim, would you read the Daily Reflection for us? Sure. Today is November 29th, and this is the Daily Reflection. Active guardians. To us, however, it represents far more than a sound public relations policy. It is more than a denial of self-seeking. This tradition is a constant and practical reminder that personal ambition has no place in AA. In it, each member becomes an active guardian of our fellowship. That's from the 12 and 12, page 183. The basic concept of humility is expressed in the 11th tradition. It allows me to participate completely in the program in such a simple yet profound manner. It fulfills my need to be an integral part of a significant whole. Humility brings me closer to the actual spirit of togetherness and oneness, without which I could not stay sober. And remembering that every member is an example of sobriety, each one living the 11th tradition, I am able to experience freedom because each one of us is anonymous. Thanks for reading that. Uh, Tim, before we begin, remind us of your sobriety date. My sobriety date is April 12th, 2015. This is a good one. The 11th tradition. And I like what it says, active guardians. Uh, Give me your take on it. What are your thoughts on this reflection for today? So the 11th tradition is one that I struggled to understand at first. I think part of the part of that might be behind the language. It's interesting because, you know, they talk about press, radio and films in the 11th tradition as it's written, which to me shows that back when this was written, they didn't even have the term media as part of the vernacular back then. You know, that term has come about since then. And if it was written today, it might say the level of media. But when I first read it, I didn't really understand that it really just meant you know, when we talked about Alcoholics Anonymous to the outside world, like what I think the real spirit of it is, you know, I don't get to speak on behalf of AA to the outside world. I can share my own opinions. You know, it also underlines that we're not supposed to be anonymous to one another. We're just not supposed to express our opinions to the outside world on behalf of AA. You know, I kind of cringe a little bit whenever I hear Uh, People say AA is this or AA does that, because I think that goes against our entire spirit of group autonomy. You know, I even when I agree with it, I've sometimes heard people say, you know, in AA meetings start on time and they end on time. And while I might agree with that sentiment in my home group, if another group wants to, you know, wait until people arrive to start or give everybody a chance to share, that's up to them, too. So 
I don't think these blank, you know, the spirit of it is that there are no blanket statements. You kind of touched on it, but there are really two facets. And this is explained in, in the pamphlet that the intergroup hands out. Uh, the, the pamphlet is just a, it's a great, uh, great resource. It's the title of the pamphlet is Understanding Anonymity. I like what it says about the two facets of anonymity. Uh, I'll just touch on them. If we look at the history of AA from its beginning in 1935 until now, it is clear that anonymity serves two different yet equally vital functions. At a personal level, the first, anonymity provides protection for all members from identification as alcoholics, a safeguard often of special importance to newcomers, for sure. At the public level of press, radio, and TV, and films, like you said, and, it, and in this pamphlet, it does say, and other media technologies, such as the internet, anonymity stresses the equality in the fellowship of all members by putting the brake on those who might otherwise exploit their AA affiliation to achieve recognition, power, or personal gain. What, what are your thoughts on that? It's like so many things at AA, it's a delicate balance, right? Because we're supposed to, our primary purpose is to carry the message to the alcoholic who still suffers. And at the same time, we have to maintain anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. Um, so it's understanding sort of that balance. Um, there was a, uh, an old pamphlet called 44 Questions About Alcoholics Anonymous. And in it, they specifically call out that it should also be noted that within AA, at AA meetings and amongst themselves, AA members are not anonymous. So I think it's also important to underline that once we are amongst our own members, we should know who each other are. It helps, um, it helps with accountability and it will help if there's ever, you know, a situation. I don't know if you've ever uh, tried to get into a hospital to see somebody and been like, oh, I'm here to see crazy Mike L. But they're not likely to let you be on the, uh, the information desk if you go in with that kind of information. So it is kind of important to know who each other are. Um, before before um, anything like that were to come up so that, you know, we can help each other down the road as, you know, life happens. But on the other side, you know, I speak publicly at technology conferences fairly frequently, and I have talked about the problem of alcoholism and addiction in technology. And I would never um, identify myself as an AA member or speak on behalf of AA or even really talk about what happens in Alcoholics Anonymous in particular. I use statistics about alcoholism in the United States, and I identify myself as having been in recovery for X amount of time. And I can tell my own personal story without saying, you know, I go to an AA meeting every day or without saying, then I came into AA. I can say, you know, I started my recovery um, it's been a wonderful, majestic journey. There's all kinds of ways to describe what can happen without specifically calling out AA. And um, and it's a delicate it's a delicate line to run. And, you know, I continue to try to learn more about the right way to do it. I've looked at my sponsor and my grand sponsor. I've seen my uh, my grand sponsor quoted in the newspaper anonymously <laughs> uh, several times. And, you know, a vague description is given of you know, a lawyer in Center City who's a member of Alcoholics Anonymous said blah rather than, you know, being identified by name or anything like that. So it's interesting to see how these things come about. But it's a very important tradition to understand because, you know, the people who come in who I think are most likely to stick show an amazing amount of unbridled enthusiasm. Um, I remember when you and I were First new to the rooms, too, we probably had a lot of that unbridled enthusiasm as well, and we still carry a lot of enthusiasm for the program and the fellowship and what we do. But it's important to have this tradition there to sort of temper 
the understandable urge to want to share this wonderful discovery with everyone out there. And, um, you know, not everybody wants to hear it and not everybody is ready to hear it. It's almost important that when people are ready for Alcoholics Anonymous, they seek it rather than have it ever thrust down their throats. Because part of that discovery, I think, improves the quality and the chance of that person making it through. Because nobody likes to be told what to do, but people love discovering new things. Um, so, you know, that's that's sort of another uh, a hidden gem of how this tradition ends up working out is people may be aware of how Alcoholics Anonymous is around or how it's portrayed without it being thrust in their face. And it allows everybody to sort of discover it on their own terms. So we've touched on a number of different areas, personal anonymity public anonymity and uh, this concept of of guarding and what you described in your in your professional life speaking out publicly you're you're acting as a guard when you avoid naming aa what other ways are you active in in guarding aas well i guess guarding your anonymity uh, or protecting aa in general so it's interesting I'm part of a team of people who actually write a fair amount of code that can be used by any recovery group, but it is primarily used by various intergroups around Alcoholics Anonymous. And we've struggled at that level too, because when you develop code open and in public, which is the way I believe most code should be developed, um, it may just be you know your username that is attached to it, but from that you can find out an email. But there, you know, we also do not profess to be any member of any fellowship there. It's just code that we make available to anybody who happens to want to use it. Um, so that's another place where, you know, we have to keep an eye on things because, you know, when this was written, the Internet wasn't around and things like code contributions, which can be identified, uh, were never really thought of, you know, with some of the policies on the Internet, you know, Facebook requires people to use their actual birth names. And, um, you know, that's caused some levels of consternation, I'm sure, in various levels of the fellowship of, uh, you know, people talking about Alcoholics Anonymous and their experiences on Facebook or any social media. I remember a couple of years ago, uh, there was actually a discussion about changing the text of this to also include social media at the end of it. And, uh, you know, it never got the 75% required vote to change the actual tradition, but it was up for discussion at the GSO for several years on whether that should be appended. And um, that's interesting because you have to get into the whole concept. I mean, are you posting just publicly to Facebook, or are you public? Are you posting in just a group for, you know, a, a meeting group? And is it cool to you know post pictures of your coin? You know, I I do that every year. I'll say, you know, you know, within my within Facebook and my home group's Facebook group, I'll post a picture of my coin and say, hey, thanks to thanks to all of you for helping me get another year. And uh, you know, I think that's carrying the message to the newcomer. It's important that the newcomer sees this worked. So it's again, it comes down to that balance. It's a fine line to know. And it's uh, it's like that Supreme Court justice said about pornography that uh, he can't define it, but he knows it when he see it. <laughs> you know, you get a sense of that line with step 11 on how much is too far and how much is enough, because, uh, you know, the fifth tradition and the 11th tradition are sort of uh, counterbalance weights and that we have to carry the message to the alcoholic who still suffers, and at the same time maintain the same anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. Those would seem to be in conflict. Um, but really, I think they do balance each other out pretty nicely. And after time, you get a, you get a sense of uh, you know, the right balance between them. Yeah. 
you know, as long as we're not, if our intention comes from a place of humility and a place of wanting to help, a place of wanting to be in service, you know, I often go back to that Bill W. quote, which is about the steps. Um, you know, he says, uh, in it, he said not to make a project out of working the steps. And the exact quote is, don't make a project out of working the steps. Go through your day being the sort of person you would like to be, trying to help someone else and making sure you don't hurt anyone. And when you get to the end of the day, review the 12 steps and you will find that you have worked all of them. I think the same can be said for a lot of the traditions as well. If you're really trying to help somebody else and your intentions are pure and uh, you know, you're not getting braggadocious about being a member of AA, you're probably in the right ballpark. And uh, you know, a lot of the, it's, it's easy to overthink or overanalyze these, but you know, I also see attraction, not promotion sometimes getting used out of context as well, because we, we tend to apply that to how we attract new members as well. And uh, this is really about, you know, press, radio, films, media, whatever you want to call it. That's where the attraction, not promotion. You know, if you're working one-on-one with with somebody and they need to know, and you feel that they need to know something to help them, you know, walk through the door for the first time, I think it's perfectly acceptable to, you know, talk a lot about what you do in Alcoholics Anonymous. You know, that's a way really, if you go back to it, that's a way to attract them, to show them how passionate um, we have become about our recovery in Alcoholics Anonymous. I know um, a lot of people over the years have seen my life change, and that's the attraction. And when they come to me and ask me questions about Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, I can't wait to tell them one-on-one about, you know, what a majestic experience it has been for my life, you know, the most majestic journey I've ever had in my life. And all I had to do with this one simple thing and admit complete and total defeat. That's all. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> right. Simple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Tim, I, I really appreciate you sharing your thoughts on this. And uh, is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience? I think that pretty much covers it. It's a, it's a great, you know, it's a really good tradition to keep in mind um, because as we grow, you know, as we become stewards of Alcoholics Anonymous, as more time passes and we want to pass it along and make sure it's still there, I think it's important that, uh, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous's reputation is a good one and it, and it really should remain that way. And this, this is, like you said, we can all become guardians of Alcoholics Anonymous, active guardians by, um, you know, adhering to this tradition. Right on. Thanks, Tim. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to find us online, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash Daily Reflection Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Reflector. You can read stories of recovery from our community at blog.dailyreflectionpodcast.com. Please don't forget to give us a rating on your podcast app. We greatly appreciate it. Have a great day.